Hi, Peiling. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I am wonderful on this gloomy Thursday in San Francisco. I know you're on the West Coast. I am. I am. I just thought of it because you're the first person who's on who's on the West Coast. <gasps> I feel so special. You are special, and it's interesting because there's a time difference, which is why I recognized it. Because earlier you texted me, you're like, "Let's do three, which is your seven o'clock," and I was like, "Holy shit! I forgot you live all the way on the other side." I do. I do live on the other side. It is still a wonderful afternoon here. But yeah, I mean, isn't that isn't that the wonderful thing about technology? Especially during the time of COVID, that we can communicate regardless of time zones. What's happening is awful, but it's like we really have to be grateful for the advancement in technology we have now. Because if this was happening fifty years ago, imagine how much more isolating this would feel. I I can't imagine. I truly cannot imagine. I don't really want to spend my energy imagining what it would be like to go through the pandemic without internet or. Yeah, without technology. Imagine it without electricity. I mean, maybe, honestly, maybe that's just what life was like back in the day. Maybe it was just a constant pandemic. Maybe <laughs> constant isolation. The more connected we can be to one another via FaceTime or text message or whatever it mm-hmm. is, like I feel, then it, we're less inclined to meet up. If this was happening fifty years ago, I think people would raise their hands up and just like say, "Who gives a shit? Let's just all have a barbecue." <laughs> hey, I mean, even today, there are many, many people in the world, as we know, who are saying, <laughs> "Let's just have a barbecue." So, <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Okay, so we we're kind of grappling about what to talk about today, and I'd had this episode planned in my head for a minute. It was going to be about periods, and I was thinking about doing it.、Um, I knew I was going to do it with my friend Saria, who Saria、mm-hmm. was featured on the Rami episode, which is. Fantastic episode, and it's actually surprisingly doing really well, which is so exciting because that is so exciting. I did that episode just because I was so passionate about it, and so was Saria, and I didn't think anyone would listen to it because how、mm-hmm. many people actually watch the show, let alone like gonna find the podcast and listen to it?、Yeah. But it's it's doing really well.、Um, I've never had shame about my period, ever,、hmm. ever, ever, ever. And I didn't really realize that other people felt ashamed about their periods. Wow, my my jaw just dropped. I can't believe you've never had shame about your period. Absolutely not. So I'm just I have so many thoughts all about periods and ways to manage your period to cope with it each month,、mm. and I'm just dying to share all my tips. And hopefully, you have some too. Definitely. Wait. Before we can't just breeze past the fact that you had no shame about your period. So, do you feel like that was normalized by your mom, or you were just born magically shameless about them? So, actually, my mom grew up having shame about her period. Like when she first got her period, she didn't tell her mom because she thought it was really shameful. She was really、mm-hmm. embarrassed about it, and embarrassed not because it's a period and like kind of like just. The effects of having a period,、yeah. but she was embarrassed because of the culture they'd grew up in. I mean, you anything that had anything to do with the vagina, or sexuality, or sexual、mm-hmm. organs, 
was something to be ashamed about. Mm -hmm. And so it came from that. Um, And that was the first time I realized that other people were embarrassed about it because she told me the story and I was kind of like, what? Um, I think it's just because didn't think there should be shame about it and I didn't realize until my mom told me about mm. I asked her about when the first time she got her period was yeah and I never took into account how my dad felt about it I talked about it very openly and freely with him wow and he never had a bad reaction to it so wow and you were how old I was in the seventh grade so 12 okay yeah I was um I was 10 when I got my period I was in fifth grade I remember, I think it was the second half of fifth grade. And I don't know, elementary school is personally, it wasn't an ideal time, I think, to get my period. Right. (laughs) I felt like elementary school was too early to get my period. And I felt so much shame. I remember feeling even shame in talking about it with my mom. Like, I felt so embarrassed when I needed, because back in the day, I would... um, I would use pads and I rem- I th- I think I ne- I had some kind of secret code that I would use with my mom to signal that I needed more pads because I was too embarrassed even to just talk about pads. Um yeah, but so I am I am definitely amazed by your your shameless period experience. Yeah. I'm only yeah, only how many years has it been? Only 13 years after first getting my period am I, I think, firmly shameless about my periods. But even then, there's there's still invitations into definitely not chatting about my period with my dad. I can, I can say that for sure. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, for example, like if my dad calls and he asks me how my day was and I got my period that day, I say like, I'm, I feel awful. I woke up feeling terrible. I feel like shit. I got my period. I'm cramping. And he says, well, I mean, I hope you're feeling better. Just take some Advil. That's so nice. To me, it's just as normal as like getting a headache. Like if I were get, if I had yeah. a headache, I would tell my dad I had a headache. So it's like, yeah, the first time I got my period, I was in the seventh grade. I remember it was the day after my birthday and I was in gym class and I felt some mm. like wetness. And I was like, this is odd. And it didn't feel like typical, like, you know, vaginal discharge. It felt like something else. So I ran downstairs. Well, didn't run downstairs. I just went downstairs to the bathroom and I just saw red and I mm. knew what it was. I didn't have much of a reaction because I was, I just knew, oh, it's a period. Oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds so low key. I wish that for everyone. So low key. I think for yeah. me, I was, like I said, 10 years old and uh, I don't, I definitely did not realize it was my period. I was hoping that it wasn't my period. I thought maybe maybe there's just blood in my underwear for another reason um, that's not period-related. Right. But I went to my mom, and I, I don't... It was such a long time ago, I really don't remember the conversation, but I remember wishing that it wasn't my period, and then turns out it was my period, and thus ensued the life of the period. <laughs> yeah, and I think that... I have a unique experience in that I had my periods from 10 through the end of high school. So that was eight years of periods and periods, my periods were really not enjoyable. You mentioned Advil earlier. I was at the point where I would just be popping Advil 
every time kind of at the onset of my period because the first couple days the cramps were so bad I don't know if I would quite use the word debilitating but they definitely were severely uncomfortable they didn't prevent me from going to school or doing activities but I definitely needed like two to three Advil every six hours to cope um and I don't know if looking back I don't know if I had a low pain tolerance at the time but that just wasn't a sustainable thing for me and my body's health to continue taking Advil because don't want to do that to my liver. Um, and so before I went right. to college, my mom asked me if I wanted to go on the birth control pill for my cramps, um, which also I don't know if that's necessarily something I would recommend, but that's kind of what we did. And so for the past five years, I was on birth control and on this birth control pill which I was taking a low dose estrogen pill so the lowest daily dose of estrogen you can take I didn't get my period at all so I went from the monthly periods with really disruptive cramps to the freedom of what it must be like to be a man right honestly to go through college and not get periods was oh my goodness we can manipulate ourselves into thinking, oh, no, it's not as bad as I think it is. Mm-hmm. Or we could downplay the situation and say, no, this is normal until you don't have the issue anymore. And you're like, oh, my God, what have That's I been exactly, doing? Oh, my gosh. I've That feeling of <gasps> life could be like this is something that I think I've been experiencing in the past mm-hmm. four to six months as I've been going on my own health journey. And one of the one of the big pieces of that has been around my period and my reproductive system and so I I decided to stop birth control back at the beginning of March because I wanted to you know cleanse the body and return it to our bodies are so incredible and the period has a purpose it really does it is a beautiful I'm currently on day three of my period and it's like the body is designed to take a pause and to take a breather and to cleanse and to release things. Um, and we get, we get the gift of that once a month. But if you had told me that perspective of, oh, you get the gift to cleanse things once a month. If you told me that uh, maybe six years ago, I would, I would have rolled my eyes at you. <laughs> right, right. Because when you're in the middle of experiencing whatever it is, it doesn't feel fun. <laughs> No, not at all. And I've heard like friends talk about how bad their periods are. And I'm like, you really need to go to a gynecologist because you don't know if it's just your Mm -hmm. period. It really could be something else. And because women rarely talk about it in an actual like constructive, Mm -hmm. thorough, detailed way, it's hard to tell what is and isn't normal. And unless you see a doctor, unless you go to a gyno, you don't really know what's happening. Um, Yeah, and I would... I would also add in, um, there are lots of alternative forms of healthcare as well that I think I've been incorporating and have I found to be extremely beneficial. Um, my friend, my friend Vigi of Divine Journey, she is an Ayurvedic health practitioner. And so she's helped me kind of reset my body from an Ayurvedic perspective, from my digestion all the way to my periods. And in Ayurveda, it really looks at the body as a holistic system. Everything from your daily habits, which was something else we were talking about off mic, of what do you do in your daily routine, be it journaling, Mm -hmm. that can all influence your period and your cramps and all these different systems in our body. So it's all interconnected, mental, emotional, 
physical, spiritual health. And then another thing that I've been doing that has also helped my periods is acupuncture. I remember back in high school, my mom wanted me to go to an acupuncturist for my cramps. And again, I rolled my eyes at her because I just wasn't in that, I wasn't in that open headspace at the time. Um, But I've been doing acupuncture every other week now. And that has also profoundly helped my cramps. And then the third big thing that helped my cramps is pelvic floor therapy, which have you, do you know about pelvic floor therapy? No. I but if it's going to relieve period cramps, I'm right there with you. Sign me oh up. Oh my goodness. Yes. Pelvic floor therapy, I think, has, been the, has made the biggest difference with my cramps. Um, I came across it from this one podcast, A Sexually Liberated Woman, and it was, there was an episode that I listened to. But pelvic floor therapy is, I don't know if I'm like a qualified expert to talk about what pelvic floor therapy is, but in my experience, it's basically, I'll just talk about my lady. My lady is, her name is Dr. Danielle Cornelius. I think that's her last name. And what she does is she combines chiropractic services with energy heat work and also pelvic floor work. So your Mm -hmm. pelvis, you have the whole, this whole base of pelvic floor muscles that I didn't even really think about as this whole floor of muscles that we have. But just like we have muscles in all other areas of our bodies that sometimes get knots and need massages and we need to exercise just like with um I mean people talk about kegels yeah that's all kind of part of that same region and your pelvic floor it ties to your everything from your excretory system like what's it like to pee and poop and have your periods all of that is related to your pelvic floor muscles and we hold a lot of tension in that area I'm sure most women hold an incredible amount of tension in that area. Um, And we don't even know what it's like to fully relax. And even just from one pelvic floor therapy session where it's an intravaginal massage. So she is massaging the muscles from the inside as well as from the outside Mm -hmm. and experiencing what it's like to relax and to fully release tension in that area. It was profound. Um, yeah. And that really helped with cramps because if you think about it, with the, what is a cramp? A cramp is your muscles tensing. And so if you know what a base state of relaxation feels like, then you can conscientiously relax those muscles. But if you only know tense and more tense, then you can't really relax. Um, of course, this is all saying but with my Ayurveda, my acupuncture, and my pelvic floor therapy. I feel grateful to have access to all of these different types of care. Yeah. Just in beautiful California. I mean, I'm in the Bay Area, so this is all pretty much the norm <laughs> in this area, I would say. <laughs> yeah, it's just a Thursday night at, night with you. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, I think it's wonderful that you're talking about this because these are things I didn't know at all, and it all makes a lot of sense. I totally believe that women hold a mass amount of tension in their mm-hmm. pelvic muscles because um, in the acting class that we took together, which is how mm-hmm. we met, actually our teacher was really big on tension and relaxing. Mm. And she talked about how much tension we held in our jaws. Yeah, And it wasn't until that class and massaging our own jaws that I realized how true that was. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that when I was studying or like writing an essay, if I just this is not how I should be feeling right now, then I was able to take steps to relax. But once again, if you've never relaxed, you don't know how to get back to that baseline. 
Exactly. It really is. It's that level of awareness. What have you found that um, has helped your periods? I think another thing that's really helped is buying a heating pad. Because mm. not only does the heating pad kind of do what you're talking about, which is release the tension because the warmth of the pad, but also it helps with gas. Because I find that when I'm on my period, I'm either constipated or really gassy. And if I hold it there, then I'm able to like release not only the tension, but also gas. So that I find is really helpful. I also use it on my back sometimes, not because I have um, back pain, thankfully, on my periods, but because it just makes me feel ultimately a lot more comfortable. Um, And then I'll say the other really life-changing decision, which I know this sounds crazy to some people, but it really was a life-changing decision, was using tampons. I cannot advocate more for tampons and then I'll I'll go into it so I've used pads my whole life and Mm -hmm. then in college I was just fed up and I was like look I need to learn how to use a tampon I live in a room with six girls like this is the time for me to learn Mm -hmm. and in fact it worked like I asked someone for a tampon I put it in I started to figure it out it didn't go in like as smoothly as possible but by the second time I was hooked and I'd never gone back to pads with some exceptions, like if I were sleeping or something like that. But generally I was using tampons and it made all the difference in the world because I didn't know what tampons were. I never used them. In our culture, there's a lot of Mm. worry about breaking your Mm -hmm. hymen. It's the most sacred thing. It's the only thing that separates you from other people. And therefore, you should do everything in your power to maintain it and hold on to it. And there was all this stuff around it, which I didn't personally believe in or internalize or care for. But for that reason, people around me weren't using tampons. And it made all the difference just having an internal, um, I don't know mm-hmm. what you would call it, but it just being internal as opposed to outside, it made my day-to-day life so much more comfortable. Mm. I wasn't worried about staining. I wasn't uncomfortable going out. It also felt a lot better because I wasn't like sitting in my pool of blood all day long. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that pads can be quite absorbent, but it's not absorbent enough that you don't feel it, you know? Um But then junior year, actually, um, the school paper that I used to write for, someone on our staff wrote an article called seven. It was like seven reasons why you should use a menstrual cup. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I mean, now there's like so many you can use. um, But at the time, like the big one was Diva Cup. And that was the one that was most accessible. I wanted to start using a menstrual cup, not necessarily for comfort, but because I wanted to reduce waste. Like when I started to think about how wasteful tampons are, um, that was my primary reason for buying it. And I will say it's a huge learning curve. And Mm -hmm. if you're squeamish, it's not going to work. If you don't know your body, it's not going to work. If you get grossed out easily, it's not going to work for you. Like Mm -hmm. you have to be someone who's comfortable with yourself, comfortable with your vagina. You have to be open to using it and practicing and figuring it out. Like you need to be committed to the process. But honestly, it's been one of the most rewarding things. And it has made my period so much better because it's like I feel comfortable. Yeah. Wow. You I love the trajectory pads to tampons to cup I feel like that's so relatable to so many people um yeah I started when I 
I started with pads, like most people, and then it was seventh grade. I remember there was a water water park day, and I was like, can't be swimming on my period. And so that was the thing that forced me into using tampons. And then mm-hmm. for the rest of middle school and into high school, like you, love tampons. Made such a huge difference to not to not sit in a pad a pad can really feel like a diaper and it's really uncomfortable and hundred the sweatiness too oh my god the sweat and the uh it's just like yeah everything to what you said about the sustainability and the wastefulness of all of it also just having to continually repurchase it like that stuff adds up it's pricey um if you add up like a lifetime of using pads and tampons i actually remember when i but when i went to go buy the menstrual cup I happen to be with uh, my friends and my cousin my cousin's also my friend but I'm just trying to distinguish um yeah and my cousin was like why are you buying that like it's $50 I'm like do you know how much you spend mm-hmm. on just buying pads every month it yeah. outweighs a $50 by by a long shot a hundred percent and when I was in college and wasn't getting my period I did I was kind of doing all of my research into more sustainable alternatives to all types of things. And one of those was periods. And so I actually was really excited to get my period again one day so that I could use cups and period panties. And then come fast forward to this year, I actually did get cups, but I haven't ever used them because I've just been so on the period panty train. Really? Tell me more. Is Vigie, who my friend that I mentioned, yes, yeah, period panties. So I was I was originally going to try the cups, but then my friend Vigie, who's the Ayurvedic health practitioner, she kind of was, she was making the point that ideally we let it flow. Kind of if we're looking at an ideal state of just how the body is designed to function, that kind of like free bleeders, right? That is that... Is that the term? Free bleeding? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Just, I, just I'm not sure, flow. but that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about like the women who go run marathons and kind of bleed into their shorts and stuff. Like more power That's to That's a lot you. for me. But and you know what? I'm a woman for other women. So whatever works for them, hallelujah. But that would not work for me. <laughs> yes, exactly. It would also not work for me either. Um, but just kind of logically putting something inside of you to catch something that is wanting to come out is maybe a little less of a quote-unquote natural way to to go about your period. And so I've been on this, I've just generally been on this like natural health thing. So, but with the period panties for now, I'm really, really happy with them because they, I only have distant memories of what it was like to wear pads. And I remember those negative associations with pads but period panties feel they're incomparable to pads. Honestly, in wow. my experience, they are so convenient. And which brand do you use? Yeah, so I use two brands. I decided not to go with Thinks because there are some kind of questionable things about questionable and problematic things about their organization. But I went with Dear Kate. And then there's also an Amazon brand. I think it's called Bam Body. And it's a bamboo okay. made. But I would recommend Dear Kate. I really like Dear Kate. Also, because I'm trying to avoid using Amazon. Um, but Dear Kate is great. And I have the really high-waisted ones that go up to my belly button just because, especially on my period, I just want to be all tucked in. Um, right. And the 
absorbent part goes it covers all the way from the front all the way to the back so I remember when I would use pads that it would always be a bit of a game of risk and chance of whether or not my placement of the pad would fully cover the area in which I would bleed (laughs) but with this right there's no there's no question because the entire area that you may possibly bleed in is covered with this absorbent material right and so there's no leaking honestly no leaking it barely feels like there's no leaking and it doesn't feel wet and i don't have to buy things every month i don't have to buy pads and tampons it's sustainable the blood washes out really easily like you with the cup i just change it twice a day so i'll wash it and change it in the morning and then i'll wash it and change it at night and it's so so easy amazing see this is and i wish that in sex ed when you know you're in the fifth grade and they're teaching you about how your body's going to change and develop that they would incorporate these things as well not just periods and tampons because i think period pads and i excuse me i think period panties and menstrual cups are the way of the Mm -hmm. future and it's like i wish i really wish i would have known about these products like when i was much younger it would have saved me a lot of time a lot of grief Mm -hmm. if i started using a menstrual cup in high school really and it's just i'm so happy that we've like evolved past what is traditionally sold to us which is like pads and tampons yeah and also may i add like tampons and typically i just go um, when I do use tampons, I just go to CVS, I buy Tampax, like whatever's there. Mm-hmm. I don't, and the thing is like, you're putting this swab of cotton up your vagina and it has chemicals in it. You know yes, what I mean? There's bleaching ingredients, which is why they get to be like that sparkling white. Um, and I know there's mm-hmm. ones that are um, chemical free, which is a great alternative, but I'm just it's so important for us to know like what options we have and it's like important to talk about it because then other people are like hmm okay I'll try that and if it was life-changing for me then it could be life-changing for other people a hundred percent it's been a long time since I was in fifth grade sex ed but who knows maybe maybe 2020 fifth grade sex ed has period alternatives like reusable period panties and menstrual cups I don't know one would hope I don't know, but one would hope. Yeah, maybe maybe if not this year, maybe in the near future. But I don't know. I think that there are many ways that I would want to switch up sex ed, but that's a whole other conversation. We'll have you back on for that one. That would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I actually um, last year did this video project and it was based off of one of my all-time favorite essays, which is called If Men Could Menstruate by Gloria Steinem. And so mm. I figured um, it would be a good time to read a few excerpts from the essay. So I'm going to read the first one, which doesn't have anything to do with periods, but honestly, it's so iconic, like I have to read it. Um, So this is how it starts. Quote, living in India made me understand that a white majority of the world has spent centuries coning us into thinking a white skin makes people superior, even though the only thing it really does is make them more subject to ultraviolet rays and wrinkles. Um, So that's the opening paragraph. So then she starts to talk about an imagined world where men got their period as opposed to women and what it would be like. And she says... To prevent monthly work, 
loss among the powerful, Congress would fund a national institute for, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce this word, but it's basically the medical term for period cramps. Um, Doctors would research little about heart attacks from which men would be hormonally protected, but everything would be about cramps. Sanitary supplies would be federally funded and free. Mm. Of course, some men would still pay for the prestige of such commercial brands like Paul Newman tampons or Muhammad Ali's Robidub pads, John (laughs) Wayne's maxi pads, and Joe Mammoth's jock shields for those light bachelor days. Statistics surveys would show that men did better in sports and won more Olympic medals during their period. Mm. Generals, right-wing politicians, and religious fundamentalists would cite menstruation as proof that only men could serve God and country in combat. You have to give blood to take blood. Hmm. Occupy high political office. Can women be properly fierce without a monthly cycle governed by the planet Mars? Be priests, ministers, God himself. He gave his blood for our sins. Or rabbis. Without a monthly purge of impurities, women are unclean. So that's just a little bit of it. And I think it's really important because we think we have such negative perceptions about what periods Mm -hmm. are. And we think they're gross and disgusting. And I guarantee you... If the, fo- if the shoe was on the other foot, we would not be treating periods this way. Oh, yes. And thank you for sharing that excerpt. If men had periods, the world would be a totally different place. And I love, so- I love that you have to give blood to take blood. <laughs> yes. imagine, if that was, imagine if that was actually the case. Wow. The shame that we have around mm-hmm. periods is really deeply misogynistic and sexist and there's something really diabolical about us being raised to hate that part of ourselves and I think um it's just more so a reflection about us hating all every lower half of our body and Mm. not so much just our lower half actually but just our bodies in general um we're brought up as women to feel really ashamed of the way our bodies look of what they do, of what they can do, um, of some of the functions that we have. Even gas is really embarrassing for women. And mm-hmm. um, I think periods is just another level to that. And I think we really need to, you know, reevaluate and try to figure out why we feel that way. And I'm just, I'm really against this whole calling your period. My aunt came into town and using all this like weird euphemisms euphemisms that's exactly the word i'm looking for in order to discuss our periods um it's and i don't think we should be raising our children to do that either actually i think your body part is your body part and a period is a period and i think mm-hmm. um your vagina should be called a vagina even if you're four years old you should be calling it a vagina and also knowing that a knowing that a vulva is not a vagina those are two different things so many people Many, um, I'm just adding this because my mom's a midwife and she delivers babies, so comes across women of all types. There are women out there who don't know that they even have two holes down there. That they're, that pee comes right. from a different hole than the vagina. <laughs> and not to kind of judge or shame them, but that's just a reflection of kind of our disconnection with our own bodies. And I think that also what you're talking about of, it's, it's a larger question of what do we even value in the society of periods being a time of rest and pause and that not being something to resist but rather something to embrace 
And that's even, I mean, me, I think I already said this, but I'm halfway through my period right now. And that is a challenge for me too today. Like I decided not to exercise today because I'm honoring the fact that I'm on my period and it is a time to just be. And if we're looking at even what the world is going through right now with COVID, this is a huge moment of pause just globally that clearly we've been needing for a long time. That is not what we place a premium on in terms of capitalism, productivity, the attention economy. Um, I'm reading a book right now called How to Do Nothing, Resisting the Attention Economy. And it is really hard. It is hard to do nothing in a world where we are constantly doing. People say it over and over again, we're human beings, not human doings. And I think that honoring and empowering us to embrace our periods without shame and just feel feeling fully liberated in our own bodies and these natural processes that just happen. Absolutely. That is all part, it is all part of the same conversation. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, I just think in general, the the kind of like disgust that surrounds mm. periods is just a symptom of the general the general sickness mm-hmm. which is women being made to feel bad about their bodies doing what their bodies yes. do right like we were built this way and it's just and like i said earlier it's just we are meant to feel ashamed about all parts of our bodies if it's not the function of them it's the way that they mm-hmm. look and if it's not the the way that they look it's how we do this and pubic hair and all of it, it all ties Mm -hmm. into the same thing. And so I think it's really important for us to embrace our bodies and to see it, see our bodies for the good that they do and understanding that our bodies are not just on display, that they're not meant to be objectified, that our bodies are not just for the male gaze. They're there for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And that purpose is really beautiful. And once we can see it through that lens, as opposed to I have cellulite and I hate it or I have stretch marks and I hate it or I have this and it's fine. People could like or dislike whatever they want about their bodies. Ultimately, I'm a woman for other women and I think whatever people feel about their bodies, mm-hmm. that's that's their call. I'm just trying to, um, all I'm trying to say is we have to, I think it's instrumental for us to look at the root of why we feel that way. And once we could see that and decipher it it's much easier for us to like move on from a lot of those insecurities and stresses that just hold us down and that's all done on purpose by the way right Mm -hmm. like the way we're made to feel about our bodies the shame and everything there's a business behind that yes 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 so and our bodies do have profound profound wisdom our bodies have deep knowledge and deep intuition and magic, honestly, um, which is all kind of yeah. getting into the the spiritual language. But again, that's the kind of the lens through which I see things nowadays. Um, and I think you relate to it as well. But yeah, our bodies want to heal and care for us and that can be a really triggering thought, especially if, like what you're saying, many many of us have really difficult relationships with our bodies. Um, yes. But I do believe that, yeah, our bodies love us. Yeah, 
and they're there for us. And I, I can't thank you enough. I think you are the perfect person to actually talk about this with. And um, I had no idea even about the period panties thing, but I'm so glad that you had that experience and that you were able to share. And it was different from mine, which was with the mm -hmm. menstrual cup. And um, yeah, that's... I think that's a wrap. Do you have anything else to add? I would just say thank you for thank you for doing what you're doing. Continue to normalize all these things. Even gassiness. Like, heck yeah, I get gassy on my period. It's such a phenomenon. And, yeah. and we should be talking about vaginas and gas and periods. And the more we talk about... Constipation. Yeah. I laugh because I could write a book on constipation. And maybe one day I will. Um, but it's all human and it's just all normal absolutely thank you so much Payling. this was such a blast um and thank you for taking the time out of your day thank you bye bye